Hi. Welcome to another episode of a nominal game design podcast. This is episode five. I am Chris Bissett, a nominal game designer from the UK. And you know what the deal is with this, right? I fuck around with synths and I talk about stuff. Got a new mic. And I'm hoping that the sound will be better on this podcast. I think everyone who's ever recorded a podcast has said that at some point. shall see so I haven't done one of these for a couple of weeks because it's been Christmas and tomorrow it's New Year's Eve and I've been very busy but I thought I would sit down and do some recording today so here we are Because I've not been on Twitter as much and I've not been engaging in the discourse, I didn't really have anything to talk about. I've been writing games this week. I've been writing a dragon game, which is my sort of OSR dungeon crawler, my world of dungeons, I guess. That was a clink of my cup. intended to put that out on Christmas Day haven't finished it yet it'll come at some point and I've also been writing Dice Souls my (laughs) Souls like dungeon exploration game that's two dungeon crawlers in a week that I'm writing but they are very different Dice Souls I'm excited about actually it's got a dice mechanic that feels nice but also unfair sort of like Dark Souls every time you kill an enemy you get more dice to add to your dice pool but you don't count successes you count failures so the more dice you have the more likely it is that you will fail when you reach checkpoints, bonfires, I'm not calling them bonfires in the game, because I don't want to get sued by From Software, you can spend those dice to do things like remove failure numbers from your dice so there's less chance of you failing, or add success numbers to your dice so you can cancel out failures or increase the dice size or make yourself stronger or, you know, usual character advancement shit. It's fun and I should have it finished soon but I think I'm saving it for January, no, February's Patreon game. January's Patreon game is 
a Wretched and Alone game based on what I remember of the first three Assassin's Creed games. So I guess my theme going into 2021 is role-playing games based on video games that I haven't really played because I've played an hour and a half of Dark Souls and I'm writing a game based on it. I haven't played Assassin's Creed in a decade and I'm writing a game based on it. So maybe, maybe hit me with some suggestions of a, a game I can write a role-playing game based on for March. Maybe that'll be my 2021 theme until I get bored of it. So, in keeping with the video game theme, video game blogs like to do year-end roundups. I suppose everyone does year-end roundups, don't they? These are the best things I did this year. These were the best games this year. And so, in lieu of having anything else to talk about, I guess I'll talk briefly about my favourite games that, not necessarily that came out this year, but that I played this year, because I haven't really been keeping up the past few years, and I don't want it to be obvious, like it would be very easy for me to say Mugbug is my game of the year, because I do really love that game. Very easy to be very self-indulgent and say the wretched and wretched alone games are my game of the year. But let's not be that prick. The game I've played the most this year is Blades in the Dark, and I really, really love it. And I wrote The Hunted as a Forged in the Dark game about a week after first playing Blades and writing another Forged in the Dark game about wizards that I half wrote on this podcast. So, Blades in the Dark is up there as one of my favourite games this year, even though it didn't come out this year. This topic was suggested by Zach Cox, Jelly Muppet, who runs Soul Muppet Publishing and publishes Best Left Buried and is the GM of my Plates in the Dark game. And he probably suggested that I do the Bissettis, as he called it, because he wants me to say Best Left Buried, which is fair. And I did play Best Left Buried this year and I really enjoy it. And I did write a Best Left Buried adventure. It's a good game. I just last week received my Kickstarter copy of the new edition of Stygian Library by Emmy Allen. 
that Solomon Pitt are publishing, and fuck, that's a beautiful book. Haven't had a chance to dig into it and read it yet. That's a really beautiful book and you should buy it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call it one of my books of the year, even though I haven't read it. Because <laughs> it's very, very nice and I'm excited to dig into it. Do Gardens of Yin next, please. Thanks. games to be released this year by Adam Vass of Wilcham Game Co. Actually two games. The first one is Arbiter of Hope, which is a three sentence game printed on a face mask. And I've never seen anything like it. It's not a game that you, as the person with the game, necessarily plays because it's on your face and you can't read it. It's an invitation to the people you engage with while wearing a face mask in the year of the pandemic to interact with you, to... of overcome the barriers that social distancing and the wearing of face masks has placed in between us and with it being a world champ game code game it's beautiful it's really really nice to look at you wouldn't even necessarily know it's a game to look at it it just looks like a very attractive face mask if there can be such a thing It's also a very thoughtful game, and it's also the comfiest mask I've worn this year. And Adam's other game, the big Kickstarter game from this year, Necronautilus, is amazing. It's a science fantasy planet crawler. Um, the tagline is emergent storytelling in a galaxy ruled by death it's another one like Stygian where it's just one of the most beautiful striking books that I own I think it's 
it's up there with Mugborg in terms of it being just a beautiful book to look at. It's a game for a GM and one or more players. And players are souls bound to clouds of noxious gas called death agents. And you explore a universe filled with everything that has ever died. And you act on behalf of the god of death to maintain order in a post-death galaxy. I'm going to read you some of the, the blurb from the game. A dramatic reading of Necronautilus by me. <laughs> Fucking prick. Every book you ever stepped on is here. Breathing the same noxious air as every star that ever burns out in this eternal post-life planetary system. And yet, against all odds, on each planet's surface, new life is breeding, spawning endless creatures, plants, and people to inhabit Death's domain. Through their emissaries, the blind god Death oversees the galaxy and its denizens. They stave off power-hungry lords, catalogue the ever-expanding planetary system, track those who would evade their inevitable fate and maintain the proper order. These tasks are executed by soul-bound clouds of toxic gas, the Death Agents. Each agent was once a being with a body, with emotion, with autonomy. And from deep within the toxic gas cloud, they fight to be released, to be remembered, to defy death, to be whole once again. It's honestly such a good game. It's simple it's 2d6 roll under like pick the rules up straight away it's just a great game and you should play it necronautilus by world champ game co get it in print get everything in print
Okay, so my next pick is Anyone Can Wear the Mask by Jeff Stormer. And this is a hack of Deep Anyways Beyond the Rift, which in itself is a really fantastic game. Um, and I actually looked at Beyond the Rift when I started to write Dice Souls because Souls-likes, like roguelikes, do that thing where players die and retry over and over again and D implemented that really nicely in Beyond the Rift and it's something I wanted for Dice Souls and I haven't used the same system that D used in Dice Souls um, because D's is much more narrative write down or say how you failed and how you persisted and then skip past it and for Beyond the Rift that works really well for Dice Souls I wanted to make players try again a couple of times and have them get better each time so I haven't used that system but anyway anyone can wear the mask surprised me with how much I liked it because I'm quite bored of superhero stories I say quite bored, I'm really bored of superheroes they've been dominating popular culture and cinema for far too long I don't enjoy the films I don't read the comics when I want to talk about films and people pop up to tell me how good Marvel movies are I'm like I don't care I don't want to hear it talk about something else so I was really surprised to like anyone can wear the mask it's um, a game about a superhero and a supervillain and the city that they share and through play you record the adventures of the hero as they defend their city um, stand up to power and the people in power and eventually confront their nemesis and you draw maps and you pull cards from the depths prompts and you build out the city and the people that live in it as you play And it's a very personal story and it's a very neat world building game because that's what Beyond the Rift is as well so it's based on a really solid engine for that. And it made me care about superheroes and superhero stories again. Which is quite quite a task Jeff is also using itch in a way that I really enjoy um, has obviously been listening to the brain trust and the degreening conversations and the episode and 
the itch page for anyone can wear the mask which is jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask um has stretch goals on it jeff released the game in an edition called the unmasked edition um with cover art and layout but no interior art but even though the interior layout looks great and the game is $15 and Jeff is trying to raise additional money to pay for interior art and once that happens he'll put the price up to $20 and it's worth it at 15 and it'll be worth it at 20 but he also has stretch goals so when the game made a thousand dollars he promised to write and release a set of pre-built scenarios to help players dive into the game and that's been reached and anyone can wear the masks cityscapes i think it's called volume one is coming out early 2021 and then i think at two thousand dollars there's an audiobook that's happening and at three thousand maybe there's more example scenarios from different writers it's the game itself is great but if you're a designer the itch page, the way it's put together, is also a really good thing to look at. It's not the most visually stunning page, like, a lot of people go for really visually impressive pages, I know I try to. And anyone can wear the masks, it's quite simple. But it tells you everything you need to know about the game in a paragraph. It tells you, it gives you a call to action, like buy the game and help us do this. And it's got press coverage at the bottom, interviews. It just looks, it looks proper. It looks good. Check it out. Thank you. 
in between combats. The game has this backdrop of violence and conflict, but the actual gameplay takes place in the quiet moments between acts of violence. some small violence in it, some of the scenes you play out are like fist fights or, you know, arguments between mechtech's personnel, but the big destructive mech battles don't take place in the game, they're the backdrop of the game, and you deal with the aftermath of them. It's a very small game. But it really stuck with me and when I played it. The stories that we told were very personal. Enter and explore a haunted house 
that is a Discord server. The server is set up in different rooms and floors. Some of you play investigators. Some of you play ghosts. The investigators speak to each other over voice chat. And the ghosts type in the text channels of the house. And ghosts haunt the rooms. And investigators explore the rooms and narrate the horror the ghosts can hear investigators and you explore the house experience the hauntings and try to figure out why the ghosts are haunting the place and what they want and try to set them free um, we played it in a group of four two ghosts and two investigators and again it's one of the most fun memorable game sessions I've had this year it stuck with me long after we'd played it I still think about that game supports up to 12 players and I can't imagine what kind of chaos that must be but I know that people have played it with how many people and had a great time. It's still technically in early access. I think they intend to improve the rules, extend the rules, provide some more house templates, build some discord bots. Who knows? Discord has ghosts in it, you should check it out. It, um, especially this year, games that take full advantage of the digital form, I think have been really important. During the Wretched Jam, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to emulate a Jenga tower digitally because not everyone owns a Jenga tower and obviously people didn't want to go out into a world that might kill them just to buy a Jenga tower which I understand but even solo games people wanted ways to play them online and a game like this Discord has ghosts in it that works online I think was destined to do well this year and oh fuck it's just a good game such a smart idea we played a pair of <laughs> graveyard lurking stoner goths stumbling into a house all prepared for what they found in there. One thing we did when we played it that maybe the rules has been, have been updated since then but I don't think so was we gave the ghosts their own channel to talk in and do prep in and to collude in where the investigators couldn't see what was happening so that the, the haunts could be linked thematically and that really really elevated the experience a lot 
can get it at will.com as well. This episode is going long, but that's okay. Uh, I'll just talk about one more game very quickly, because this is the game that I have played the most this year, other than Blades in the Dark. And that is James Chips, The Adventurer. One of the first journaling games that I played, and the one that I continue to play. Um, it's a single player journaling game. And you play an adventurer traveling through a world. And it's, it's super simple. And you have a journal and a pen to write in. And you have a deck of playing cards and you draw the cards and respond to the prompts. It's, it works in the same way as most journaling games. But something about the prompts and really evocative the world that I've been developing and exploring through playing this game has been really gripping for me I've been playing a few solo games this year I've been playing Iron Swan I've been playing Thousand Year Old Vampire I've been playing Becky Anderson's Reckless Deck which is really great as well the story that I care the most about is the one that I'm telling in The Adventurer. It's also free. Um, it's pay what you want. And I think James should be charging money for it, personally. He also released, earlier this month, the Advent Show. A Christmas-themed prompt table for the game, which I haven't checked out, and I should.
let me know what you think of these games, um, let me know what you think I missed, if you say Dungeons and Dragons I'll probably block you, um, yeah, go check these games out, they're all really good, and deserving of your time and money. That's about all I've got. Planning to do some degreening of my own. In a couple of days I'm going to set up a crowdfunding campaign on itch to try and raise some money to support my game design for the next year. I don't expect anybody to support it. <laughs> this is literally just me saying why can't I apply for that $10,000 Patreon grant? Why is it US only? Fuck it, I'm going to try and get 10 grand out of my followers and it won't happen and I don't expect it to happen but I'm going to do it anyway because it can't happen if you don't try, right? So keep an eye on my Twitter for that. A dragon game will be coming soon. I'll hopefully be writing a game for Record Collection Jam next month. The Assassin, my Wretched and Alone game will be coming out as part of January's Patreon. Dice Souls will be coming out as part of February's Patreon. God, what else? Zine Quest, February is in four weeks. D36 Zine, which I'll talk about on another episode of this podcast later in January. There's a Wretched and Alone project happening that I can't talk about much at the moment, but keep an eye out for that, because that's going to be fun. Potentially, well, definitely. A Discord Ghosts hack for Zine Quest with Nevin Holmes. Who wrote Gun and Slinger, which you should also fuck Gun and Slinger. I didn't mention Gun and Slinger. Christ, such a good game. Two player game where one of you is a gun and one of you is the person who carries the gun you travel through the world having adventures and developing your relationship and you use go fish and blackjack mechanics to play the game fuck it's good i don't think it's actually out yet it was kickstarted maybe the pdfs have been sent to backers but go and check out gun and slinger by nevin holmes as well yeah i've got a busy busy january february everything that's coming up there but yeah first quarter of my 2021 is stacked and it's gonna be good so yeah this podcast has gone on for much longer than it normally does and i'm gonna stop now so as usual if you enjoyed this and if you pay for it on itch you get a download of just the music without me talking over it Hit me up on Twitter at Pangalactic and go pick up my games at lootheroom.io. Um, it's the 30th of December 2020. Have a good new year and I will see you in 2021. Thanks for listening. <laughs>